1: Seven footers gang, what is going on? It's Gerard and Jenna here back for another week to chat about the association that is just, it never lets us down news wise, Gerard.
0: I mean, Jenna, they wilding out there in the streets, like COVID health and safety protocols out of control,
1: out of control, players are entering the NBA's health and safety protocols. Just by the minute, at this point, we're getting notifications flying through from all your favorite sources out there, Shams, Woj, all of them. And it's getting a little chaotic because we're not only seeing it within the NBA, we're seeing it within the NFL, the NHL. And it's just spreading throughout these leagues, almost like wildfire. We just saw, what, in the uh, NFL that there was 37 cases mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Uh, reported on Monday. On Monday. Mm-hmm. So it's getting a little scary with this Omicron. Am I saying it right? Yeah, There's Omicron Greek, variant. You know, yeah. Omicron, mm-hmm. Delta. Reminds me of my sorority days out there. But this is much more serious. Uh, for real, though, that Omicron variant, um, it's apparently spreading much quicker than, was mm-hmm. it the Delta they said? Yeah, I don't know. I'm no scientist. Yes. That is, that is but, what the
0: World Health Organization said, that it is spreading uh, faster than any of the other variants. Right. And look, as we know, sports is this sort of like leads the way, right? Remember last uh, March, 2020, when everything shut down in Oklahoma City, I feel like we're feeling that again, like we're getting back to that point right now. And mm-hmm. it's dangerous right now. Um, You know, I think once the, the vaccines came out, everybody's feeling good, like, all right, we're good, no problems. And it's like, mm, not so much folks, not so much. Um, This this omicron variant and to be fair we don't know if that is the reason why things are happening but we do know it's spreading and the players in the nba i mean in our group chat with the guys uh murph said they're out and about and you know you guys all out there knows what out and about means i mean these guys are interacting with all different kinds of people who knows what the vaccination status is is of the people they're interacting with and the testing's going to have to change that they're gonna have to really fix this because we're going to have a situation where the league's going to have to shut down. And I know Adam, Silver does not want that.
1: Oh, right. Absolutely not. I mean, hopefully they feel much more prepared. God forbid something happens this time around, but I thought it was interesting. You pointed this out um, in the show run that, so the outbreak really started within the NBA with the bulls and the Hornets. That's where we started hearing things pick up with players. Now it's spread to Brooklyn. We'll get to that. But Two weeks ago, there was a stat that uh, you posted and pointed out here that only one player was in protocols. And then in a few short days, it spiked up to 20 players uh, Mm -hmm. within after this Bulls and Hornets outbreak. So it's definitely scary. Wear your mask, guys. Get vaccinated. Get your boosters. Do your thing out there to stay safe and not spread this thing. And, um, you know, we got to be patient. And I did read in that article, that ESPN article. Uh, by Baxter Holmes, that the league, you know, is expecting the cases to uh, rise, especially during the winter months, because they said that, uh, according to you know, uh, health professionals, they said that the winter months were the most challenging. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, for people who think that we might be out of this or on our way out, no. it doesn't seem so at this point.
0: We're definitely not. And the World Health Organization was very clear about this. It isn't okay. Get vaccinated, and you're cool. No, no, no. Vaccinations booster when available still wear your masks still practice social distancing still make sure you're pr- uh, practicing proper hygiene in terms of washing your hands it is all of these things that you need to do to continue to mitigate the spread of it cuz we're not going to stop it that's very clear but we want to mitigate right. it right we want to slow it down because right now it's again it's it's giving those vibes of how it was in March 2020 where it's like yo what's happening like the numbers of people testing positive in all these sports leagues are super high. And again, all these leagues tout at least 90% and higher of vaccination rates, right? So it, we're, we're learning that that there are situations going on. Again, we know that. That was always the case. The vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting it. That's It prevents you from getting super sick and, you know, it mitigates the risk of you getting very sick and dying, right? And mm-hmm. so the good thing is, at least I know today, I just talked, to, I was on the press call with Steve Nash prior to this game, all the Nets players Mm -hmm. are asymptomatic uh, right now, so that's good. And again, that's because of vaccination. Like, you're not vaccinated, the likelihood of you being asymptomatic goes down six times.
1: Right. This, again, it's just super unfortunate that we're starting to see a wave of this. And it's scary because you think about what the world went through when all this had happened and what it did, and I'm speaking from a sports standpoint, but what it did to these leagues and from a financial standpoint to a health standpoint to all all of the above when it comes to transforming a business and organization like this pandemic has done to so many things outside of sports. So again, we'll keep you guys posted as protocols either increase or change or anything along those lines, but let's get into the teams that are shutting down facilities because this is affecting their roster so much. I mean, you mentioned you were on the press call for the Nets, so let's stay there for a second. They have seven players in protocol as of December 14th. The night that we're recording this, they have a game tonight. Mm-hmm. What do you know? Because – um you know, they're, are they in jeopardy of canceling this game or postponing this game, I should say, rather?
0: So prior to, to uh, the night we're recording this, they're at home against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Paul Millsap, uh, James Johnson, DeAndre Bembry, right? Um, those guys were already, those guys were put into the health and safety protocol. And then just as the players were warming up on the court tonight to back to the play, James Harden and Bruce Brown were put into health and safety protocols, right? So this is, this is where we're at right now, and excuse me, Javon Carter uh, as well. It's just we're it's, – it's crazy, right? Just the amount of guys – and LaMarcus Aldridge, excuse me, who – by the way, LaMarcus Aldridge, who, as we know, has a heart condition. So he is already on the – highly, you know, a list where you have to be mindful of, if he catches it, what it could do to him because of that, that heart ailment. We do know um, he did – was cleared all the tests uh, in terms of being able to play with the heart ailment. Uh, but now with COVID, it is something to monitor. And they are, of course, monitoring that. Steve Nash did say that, again, all players are asymptomatic as of right now. So that's the good news. Okay. They're going to have to return, as you know, based on the COVID uh, health and safety protocols, a series of negative tests before they're eligible mm-hmm. to come back uh, to play. So that's limiting the Nets in terms of the practice facility, right? So and the other thing is we know about the players. They're not telling us who from the staff side is contracting or or testing positive, right? So remember in Indiana, they had their own situation. Rick Carlisle, they had to make that public because he's the head coach. We have no idea with these teams in the support staff level who of those people are testing positive. So the NBA's got, you know, not just the NBA, the the NFL, NHL, these leagues have some problems on their hands right now.
1: They really do. And leading to more problems, another team, the Bulls, they canceled uh, or they postponed uh, their, their next two games because mm-hmm. of a coronavirus outbreak there. So, I mean, with all these postponements, too, I mean, we're pushing schedules, we're pushing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. essentially things longer and longer. And mm-hmm. what do we always talk about since the schedule got yeah. erupted because of this pandemic pandemic? Um, Is that, you know, the sense of normalcy or the sense of, you know, normalcy for these players to return where they're not in fear of injury per se?
0: Yeah. And that's the thing, Jenna, you said about normalcy. The return of the normal calendar has lulled a lot of people into thinking the normal sports calendar into thinking everything's all good and we're fine now. We are not. We are still in the throes of a pandemic. We are seeing it, right? Omicron is now in more than 77 countries around the world. WHO had said today, it's likely in every country, even though it hasn't been reported yet. Okay. Like we are the world we live in now moving forward is a COVID world. There is no more, all right, once COVID is over. No, COVID is not going to be over, right? It's going to be like everything else. And again, the longer that the scientists and the medical professionals and the epidemiologists have to study it, it will get to a point where they understand it, know what's happening, and we're able to live with it in a, in a different way. But now this is this is what we're this is where we're at. And in sports, again, because of the nature of how, what happens. These people are on planes constantly. They're out in the public constantly doing a whole host of things. They're interacting with lots of different people. It's it's a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised, Jenna, if on the flip side, as it relates to the fan, we start seeing reductions in arena sizes again with how many people can be there, you know, vaccinated or not. Like in every, you know, like here in New York, that's, that's a rule mm-hmm. for, for gathering. I have a feeling they're going to start... We're going to start seeing those, those restrictions come back into play.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have a mask an indoor mask mandate uh in place until January 15th, I believe was the memo that I saw, but staying in New York, the Knicks also have multiple mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. in COVID protocol. They mm-hmm. play tonight. I so rudely skipped celebrating <laughs> Steph Curry at the beginning of the show list. Um, so, you know, you bat on your girl here, right. but it segues perfectly mm-hmm. because the man is about to make history tonight inside the garden. What better place to do it other than your home court, <laughs> Staples Center? I mean, it couldn't have been a better story for Steph Curry to pass Ray Allen mm-hmm. and make three-point Supremacy reign all over <laughs> us because why not? I mean, another accolade for Steph Curry. Let's do it. Yeah. And I know that everybody inside the Garden tonight, whether you're a Knicks fan or not, is going to be celebrating this guy because you can't. There's just something about Steph Curry. You got to love the guy. But I mean, he's at 29.72 uh, three pointers right now, and he's slated. He needs what two, two. three more to two, pass two, 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 two we'll more set to the pass. Record. Uh, yep. yep. Ray Allen. So, I mean, kudos to him, early kudos to him. What an accolade there. I mean, that's something, you know, people dream and imagine about, but.
0: He's going to, he's going to probably set the record within the first two minutes of the game. Right. Like I imagine, right. I imagine every shot he takes the first three shots are going to be all threes, right? Like he's going to probably take 23 tonight, who knows, but that record's going to, going to be going to be broken very, very early tonight. And look, let's celebrate Steph Curry. A few episodes ago, I said, you know, Jenna, he could set the, the, the mark out somewhere beyond 4,000. Jenna, I think 5,000 mate threes are in play. Like, if, oh. if he continues on the pace he is and just averages what he normally averages for a season for the next, I want to say, seven seasons, um, 5,000 threes are well within the realm of possibility. Now that assumes health and all sorts of other things. But you know, and people are saying he sets it there, that record will never be broken. Look, records are designed and made to be broken. Now, it may not be broken by anyone currently in the NBA right now, but who knows, right? The person to break that record is someone who might not even be born yet, right? Or or who or who's one or two years old walking around looking at dude and being like, I could be someday. Right. So if it, it's just something that goes, let's, you know, celebrate curry. Of course, next fans. You know, you, they know that the 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 record is inevitable. I'm sure that they what they would want is we don't care if he gets the record as long as we get that win. Right. So, you know, let's let's right. see what happens tonight in the garden. But uh yeah, second I have a back to back for the Warriors. The Warriors, by the way, who were had a little bit of plane trouble and they didn't leave um Indi- Indiana until this morning to get to uh to get Stop. to I
1: didn't see this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little little mechanical trouble on the plane and they didn't leave until this morning, left around 10 30. Um, you know, it's all good. Everybody's fine. Uh, reality is in the house tonight. And so I'm sure there will be a nice moment, uh, between him and Steph, you know, where they dab each other up or something or what have you. Uh, Reggie Miller, of course, also in the house calling this game on TNT. It's always okay. nice to be around when history is being made. So kudos to Steph Curry, the all time. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, can't wait to see all the videos online and tear up. You know how I get, you know
0: how I get. <laughs> um, it was funny too.
1: <laughs> it was funny. I saw, um, I saw Steve Kerr. He said um, to press today, I think it was, he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to sit Steph tonight. Oh yeah. Really Last night I after the game, and... he was
0: joking. Like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to rest him tonight. No, know. I mean, look, the gardens, everyone, it's the Mecca. Yeah, it's, him, it's, yeah. it's all that. Like. And again, you know, kudos. Um, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a remarkable rock a remarkable accomplishment. Um, again, I mean, it, it, we didn't think that there was amount of threes in this short of time was possible. Right. But he has revolutionized the way the game is played. Um, and that's, that, that should be committed.
1: It really should. And I highly recommend taking a look at all of the interviews that we're seeing, um, be published this week with Steph Curry leading up to this, you know, all the packages they put out on the different shows and whatnot, because to see a superstar of his caliber sit down for interviews anymore is a treat. It really is. If you think about it, we don't see, you know, these guys, um, you know, the top guys doing a lot of interviews, sit downs. When's the last time you saw LeBron really do like an actual sit down, just had to bring it up. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, take a look at those guys. He explains a lot of cool stuff about how he, you know, monitors his own game and the bar that he sets for himself with shooting is just remarkable in its own. Things that like other guys, not even close to Seth Curry, wouldn't go out on the court and do in practice, although they're also professionals. So yeah, take a look at that. It is really good. Keep you entertained, but first watch Seven Footers. Let's switch gears here because we gotta talk about a team that is suffering to say the least, the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean There's not really, I mean, where do you even start here uh, with the Pelicans? Because they have their franchise face in Zion Williamson. They built everything around him after drafting him number one. But he suffered a setback in his rehab for that uh, surgically repaired broken foot from over the summer. And this is not looking good because initially, initially, they said that we could have seen him possibly for the season opener. And then the tune switched from there. And it has just gotten worse. So, you know, I don't want to point this out. But you know, it's out there. A lot of talk about his weight, a lot of reports about the diet. And you know, you don't really know what's true, right. Uh, But I'd love to know your thoughts on this specific topic with him just with this setback before we get into the bigger picture for the pelicans
0: first off we all think it's strange that we did not know about this injury until the start of training camp right the injury happened sometime over the summer and nobody no enterprising person whoa shams nobody with you know no beat reporter for the pelicans could sniff this out um in time for but but, before training camp that's number one number two Everywhere I look, they keep saying about it. It's a foot injury. It's a foot injury. It's a foot injury. It is a the fifth metatarsal bone on his foot. That's a Jones fracture. Like that's the injury that Kevin Durant had in Oklahoma City, right? Like I just and the fact that we're like, oh yeah, he's just gonna be fine, get back to play, no problem. I'm like, I don't know, man. I do not know. Look of course is the issue about the weight and all that. And again, when you are that heavy, you're not able to put any weight on the foot and do what you need to do to keep it. There's a lot going on here right now. And Mm -hmm. the Pelicans handled it wrong poorly. I don't know what Zion's whole situation is in terms of his off season routine and his regimen to keep himself in peak physical shape that clearly needs some work as well. Um, you know, we don't want this to turn into a situation where he becomes one of the great what-ifs in NBA history, right? Like, oh, and I hate that. It, it, but, I mean, look, this is what we're seeing right now. And with the setback, right, because, again, it, it's it's clearly not healing. And, again, I, I want to be clear about something. I'm not saying it's a Jones fracture, but everything that they are saying about it makes it sound like it is a Jones fracture. And one That's of the challenges with that injury is, The lack of blood flow to that part of the body makes it hard. Anybody who knows anything about injuries and healing, an area that has poor blood flow and circulation is more difficult to heal and a part of the foot. Again, a blood flow. So this is something to be concerned about for sure if you're New Orleans. And then, of course, there is the looming, you know, rookie extension for him when when he's ready, right? And will he sign in New Orleans? What's going to happen there? This and that it's it's just all bad for New Orleans right now and on top of that they're playing poor basketball right so it's just it, it's it's bad in every possible scenario
1: they're eight and 21 right now right
0: just to put to the it lottery out shout out to uh Paolo banchero and Chet Holmgren because that's who they're going after in the lottery
1: yeah um and just one more thing not to harp on the weight but I I thought this was very interesting um ESPN's Tim McMahon was on the low podcast and he said that this is his report, but he said, you know, Zion coming back to training camp, he was 70 pounds higher than he originally was. And again, surgery factors into that. You're not being as active. Your rehab switches up. I get it. But more people are monitoring you during that time, aren't they? So, how do you let this kind of slip through the cracks? I mean, you don't just wake up one day and you're, you know, 70 pounds high, like bigger. You know what I mean? It's like, who's seeing this? Well, Like, is there someone
0: in New Orleans? And that's what we, we talked about in the past, Jenna. The question we have to ask ourselves is, is Zion, who is in his camp and him in charge of his diet and his routine and everything? And is he taking that part seriously? I don't know because we don't know anything about that. Is someone on the Pelicans telling him what he needs to be doing? And is he listening to them? I don't know, right? Like, we don't know answers to any of these questions. All we're doing and getting is seeing pictures every other day of, whoa, he looks huge. Oh, no, he looks fine. Like Nobody knows anything, right? And until we're able to actually get David Griffin, uh, Pelicans uh, Vice President, Executive Vice President, and Zion Williamson, on record to sit down and someone asks them these questions and they actually answer them we will never know
1: we will not know but something needs to happen uh in new orleans there and you know on a real note about it lastly that's on the human aspect side of it that's hard i can't imagine what he's 20 21 like
0: he's a a young guy. going on the
1: internet And looking at this kind of stuff. um, He's a young dude.
0: And and this is the part about, and again, I don't know this, so I'm not saying this about Zion per se, but when you enter the NBA in this league and you want to be that dude, listen, man, your basketball skill, of course, and your skill development and your work there, that's part of it. But taking care of your body, that is the tool by which you earn all of this money. If that doesn't work, what what are you doing right so that is the thing that you must be you know we talk about it famously how lebron spends over a million bucks on his body annually and all this stuff i'm not saying zion's got to do that but what i am saying is that is the instrument by which you make your it'll be like a singer right doja cat or whoever deciding eh, fuck my voice i don't really care about that shit i'm gonna just smoke cigs and just wild out and like mm you're probably not going to do so well, right? Like if, if your instrument is not doing what it is supposed to do. So same thing with this, like, right. He's got to make sure that this, this, this body is finally tuned and he's ready to roll.
1: No, I agree. I was thinking about that too. um, About how people say that about LeBron and stuff. And even, uh, I heard this about Russ Wilson too, that he spends a ton of money on his body and I'm seeing it now. You know what I mean? Like through, when we see these different cases or stories, I guess per se, Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of, it really puts it in perspective for you. So, Mm -hmm. you know, wishing him the best mentally for sure. Um, and of course, physically, let's get this, this game Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the road and his health back to par here. So let's talk about the NBA trade deadline that's looming, uh, in February here, because there's a bunch of teams already rumored trades happening. The Ben Simmons saga is still going on in Philadelphia, Damian Lillard is still the talk of the town, although the Pelicans, here we are, Portland (laughs) is uh, shutting him down for trade talks with Philly. I guess they're sick of that. But, hey, it's good to be in the news for something, right? (laughs) Sorry. Um, And, you know, we got a couple things going on there. A lot of injuries, a lot of pieces not working in places. Let's break down some teams here. And I'm looking at the show run, and I'm seeing, like, some good teams. But then I'm just seeing couple dumpsters here
0: so <laughs> well
1: talk to me about some moves that we can possibly make here
0: so the first thing to remember is right so when everybody listens to this podcast starting tomorrow when you guys listen to it, it'll be wednesday december 15th that is the day officially that any player that signed a deal in this past offseason will now be eligible to be traded right so as of right now today the day before only about 60 percent of the league is eligible to be traded starting tomorrow mm-hmm over 80% of the league will be eligible to be traded, right? That means Mm -hmm. you can now add more teams, more players, and figure out how we move certain guys around. Look, you look at a team like Boston, for instance, right? Like, they're 500 right now. Um, First-year coach, Ima Yudoka, you know, they're they're struggling a little bit. We remember what happened with Marcus Smart early, saying that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to pass the ball and stop ball hogging, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this something that they potentially see? an alpha battle coming between Brown and Tatum. And they decide, you know what? What can we move Jalen Brown for? What can we get? What can we get in return for Mm -hmm. him? Dennis Schroeder was an excellent pickup for them at only $5.9 million. And he's been playing well. Can they move him? What could they get? You know, is Marcus Smart someone that somebody would want, right? Because clearly there needs to be a shakeup there because at 14 and 14 with guys like Tatum and Brown, and again, Brown has had COVID. I know that. They should be better than they are. And they're not. Um, And so this could be something where a new GM uh Brad Stevens decides to make his mark and make a move. So that's one team that could potentially be doing something. Uh, you know, you I completely to, agree. You talking about the Brooklyn Nets at the top of the show with their health and safety protocol issues, right? Uh, we Ian Bentley of SNY did report that Dallas is one of the teams that called and sniffed around asking about Kyrie Irving. Now, the thing about Ooh. Kyrie Irving is, is that the he's Mercurial, of course, right? When he plays and when he's on his game. I mean, this is a scintillating supernova all NBA player, right? He is elite offensively and more than capable defensively because we saw it last year. It was his first 50-40-90 season, made all NBA, and he was guarding, okay, before that injury took him down in in the postseason. The question is, if you are a team that wants to acquire him, what is the guarantee that you're getting that person who's going to do that all season long and not check out on you before the playoffs or what have you? You have no guarantees. so. Who knows? We do also know that James Harden is someone that Daryl Morey still talks about wanting to acquire. James Harden is a free agent at the end of this season. I'm not saying they're going to trade James Harden. I'm just saying these are players that are available. Uh, they're, they're showcasing Nick Claxton, and now with these health and safety protocols, all the guys that are locked in, Claxton's going to get a lot of playing time and get to show show off what he can do. Is that someone that the Nets move? Because again. If the Nets are going to get another piece from a team that is not a fellow contender like they are, they're going to want a young guy from somewhere else that's already established, and that team's going to want younger assets. Well, that's Nick Claxton. That's Cam Thomas. That's De'Ron Sharp, right? That's Those those are those guys. So we shall see.
1: Dang. Let's talk a little bit about Cleveland because, mm. dare I say, is Cleveland good?
0: Uh Cleveland's better than good, Jenna. Uh they are the number two <laughs> defense in the NBA. And that's no, that's no bullshit. Like they're they're for real. Like Evan Mobley, so what do Jared we mean, Allen. Though? Well, so that's the thing. They here's I don't know if Cleveland thought they would be as good as they are right now. <laughs> they, I, I think they thought, okay, we got some good young guys. We'll see. They're really good. Now, they did lose Colin Sexton for the year, but that's actually made them fine because there's no issue in the back with Carlin and Sexton anymore. If you are Cleveland, though, you know what Daryl Daryl Morris thing is, right? If you have a 5% chance of winning the NBA title, you got to go all in and try to get it. And we know when these teams try to play that game of, all right, let's try to build now for the future. And also, it's too hard to do both things at once. If you think you're good enough now, you got to go all in. Now, I'm not saying the Cavaliers can win a Mm -hmm. title. What I am saying, though, is that this team looks (laughs) like they can be a solid playoff team and potentially win a first-round series. Now, do they have enough to do that? That's the question. What can they move to pick up a wing scorer, right? And you look at guys like Isaac Okoro. I mean, Laurie Marketing's good, but you know, do they need something a little bit better than that maybe? And it's a team willing to part with one of their big guys to take a Laurie marketing They like Allen and Mobley. They're probably not trading either of those two, right? Because that's the foundation of that super long athletic. Think about it. That's a team that can switch out with two seven-footers on the floor and can switch one through five. That's great, mm-hmm. right? What do they do? Do they move Colin Sexton, right, to another team that's looking for? All right, we're rebuilding. We're going to the lottery anyway. Even though he's out for the year, what do we get back? So Cleveland is a team that's very interesting in that regard because, again, I they're not they're not a contender. They're not winning the championship. But, Jenna, they're, to me, they're a solid playoff team. They're 17 and 12. As like I said, number two defense uh, in, in the NBA according to, to adjusted defensive rating. And they're number four in adjusted net rating. We are past the quarterway mark, and what did I say? Quarterway mark gives you a pretty good sign of who you are as a team. Barring any major injuries, these numbers are likely mm-hmm. to stay about the same for Cleveland. And by the way, they've had among the toughest schedules in the entire NBA thus far. So if they're able to do all that and be five games above 500, look, you you gotta love what you're seeing out of Cleveland.
1: Really, and again, with Colin Sexton out. And you think that would take a hit for them, but no. And things are really working out there. I remember in the beginning of the season, I was talking so much shit. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Sorry,
0: Cleveland. <laughs> I'll admit
1: it. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for them. I really thought like this rebuild was in like fast track mode this season. So,
0: and shout to Jimmy Bickerstaff, right? Jimmy Bickerstaff's doing a great job coaching. Kevin Love seems like he's bought back in, right? Because the big thing was, are we moving Kevin Love? What's happening? He seems like he's bought back in. They're playing well, man. As I said, I think this team could be a problem in the first round for somebody. Let me let's put it like this: You're one of them top three seeds, and let's say, mm, or if you're the or it's a four or five matchup, and you're the four and Cleveland's the five. Mm, you're not loving the fact that you got to play. You don't want to face one. them. Not, it's not great. You don't, you don't love it.
1: Heck no. Well, we shall see. that's gonna be interesting there. and uh, all star is in um is in
0: Cleveland. In Cleveland. Show. So
1: mm-hmm. all right. maybe it'll be a little more appealing if they're winning. You never know. Um, Let's move on to Philadelphia because interesting new reports out of there. We're not hearing from Ben Simmons, but Shams Sharania of the Athletics said that a couple teams are sniffing around Philadelphia for the all-star point guard, including the Knicks, the Lakers, the Timberwolves, the trailblazers, the Kings, the Pacers, and the Cavaliers. So, I mean, again, Pump the brakes. It's just inquiries, just some phone calls. However, very interesting because at the same time, not to bring in, you know, a double whammy for you here, but we're also hearing that rumblings of the fit with Russell Westbrook not being so nice and comfortable and (laughs) cushy in Los Angeles. So, I don't know. Do you see a Russell Westbrook-Ben Simmons experiment switch?
0: No, because Daryl okay. Morey does not like Russell, Russell Westbrook in that way. He, he, we, we tried that, okay. right? They tried they tried that in, in, in Houston. That didn't work out well. So, no. Um, I Look, Daryl has his, right? He had his list of 20, 30 people who he said I would trade Ben Simmons for. Look, we know he's waiting for either Dame or James Harden, right? Those are the people that he wants. Those sort of elite kind of players. They may not be available. So, he may have to bring his, his request level down a bit, right? And then, who or what might that be? What would it look like? Um, because they, Philly's playing well, Maxie's doing well, Seth Curry's playing well. They have a nice roster over there. So maybe it's mm-hmm. you don't get back another All NBA guy, but you get back maybe a couple All Stars, some more shooting, and you maybe you just surround Joel Embiid with nothing but space and shooters and defense, and you let them cook that way. Ah, guess what? That could be a, that's a tough team to beat. Come come the postseason, right? Like, and that's the thing about Ben Simmons. It's, I don't know if you're getting equal value back in return. And I know he's taking a hit because he doesn't shoot and all that, but this is someone who is elite at everything in basketball, except shooting. Every skill that you need to have in basketball, he's elite at, except shooting. So, I mean, (laughs) he's someone you want.
1: You know, easier said than done, but... Like you said, it's everything but shooting. It's not like multiple things. Like, oh, work, we sick him off, oh, but he can't do this, but he can't do that.
0: Can do I know shooting things.
1: is a huge thing in, in basketball, but, you but
0: know, find a place else. and
1: surround him. Yes, yes, he can do everything else. Literally. Yes. He can't knock down threes. Handle, all right. He fine. can get
0: to the rim. Yeah. He can pass Facilitate. and play make All that.
1: Exactly. So, I mean... I don't know. I find it very hard. I guess, you know, the Sixers have a high asking price. So on their end, I see mm-hmm. the struggles. Mm-hmm. But I don't see it hard for him to kind of mesh in with the team. There's got to be something. He hasn't said anything. He can't be as evil as everybody's making him out.
0: No, I just think he he wants to be out of that situation. And if you're Philly, right? Sacramento's the team that keeps getting brought up. Are Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, and, that, is, and De'Aaron, is that enough? For you to part ways with Ben Simmons, I don't know. Again, Daryl may have to come down off his asking price. You know, Dame keeps saying the "I want to be part of the solution" in Portland. That's just smoke. Yeah. He, just, he just doesn't want to be seen as the bad guy. He know. And now with CJ out with a collapsed lung, mm-hmm. like, come on. There's no- unless somehow there's some three or four way team deal. Which again, now that the the December fifteenth deadline will be here and the rest of the league is now open, is there something where you potentially have a Dame? Ben Simmons situation paired up in Portland. Okay. But what's the value going back to Daryl Morey, right? Cause he's not just going to give that up yeah. for a bag of nickels, right? What's, exactly. what's he getting back. That's going to make him be like, all right, I'll roll with this. We'll see.
1: Mm-hmm. I would love to see the two of them in Portland. Interesting too. Um, the uh, Trailblazers shut down Damian Lillard for trade talks because of this whole Philadelphia situation for the most part. So yeah, he doesn't want to be the bad guy. I think you're totally right on that situation. Yeah, we'll we shall that. see. We shall see. Talk to me a little bit about uh, what we can do in Portland, though. With We don't know what's going on with CJ. So, you know, well, they obviously need more pieces. They were quiet in free agency. What's what's the deal here?
0: I mean, collapsed long, so who knows when he's going to play again. Um, that's That sounds just awful. Um, look, the Trailblazers aren't good right now, right? And with Dame not playing, like we know that they have to find a new gm i told you last week that yeah. that jody allen may have to uh may not, not may have to may want to sell the team so who the hell knows right what's what's going to happen here i think if you're portland it's time for them to be like this is this is not happening for us we are no longer a team that is you know, on the cusp or we're one piece away from this or that you're none of those things, right? Like it's, it's time for a full, full on rebuild in Portland. And that's a team that will be interesting for other, for other, uh, GMs to go after and figure out who could they get, right? Like, uh, Norm Powell, is that, that's someone that could help a team that's looking for shooting off the bench, right? Um, do they want to go young and keep Anthony Simons, but what about Harry Giles? There's so many different pieces. Nurk, does he fit somewhere, right? I don't know. Rocco, I mean, they, they, there's a lot of different players that, that could be valuable on teams that are contending or trying to make deeper runs in the playoffs. So, yeah, um, I think Portland is a team that be active uh, come, come the deadline. I also think that Oklahoma City, we know that they have a gazillion picks and draft swaps and this and that and the third. You know, I'm not saying they're going to, but... Is Shea Gilders Alexander someone they want to keep, or do they say, you know what, let's move him and get someone else back? Or I don't know. And Oklahoma City is always going to be an interesting trade partner because, again, they have so much, they have so many assets in terms of draft picks and draft swaps, and they're, you know, they're clearly not trying to win, right? Like they are like, no, nah, we are in this for the tankathon. Yeah. Paulo Boncero, Chet Holmgren, come all down. That's what we're trying to do.
1: Oh, my God. You never fail to crack me up, at least, like, multiple times during an episode. I do what I but can. You, you, have, you have a lot of good points, a lot of trade assets in OKC. And I'm not going to sit here and say everybody that passes through OKC um, – Enjoys their time. However, there was a time when they had three future MVPs. Sure they did. had Chris Paul developing. Sure um. Did. SGA. goes, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and he's another good trade piece too because of that development under Chris Paul. Remember that season that he thrived they under They were great. Him? They were great. And we, we spoke at the time too that a lot of players go to OKC when they're, you know, Ha- on that little revival, that career development spot, again, I'm sure nobody in OKC wants to hear that, but again, trade assets, they have a lot of value if they play it the right way.
0: And they're not trying and to then, win you know, right these- now. So, so if you're SGA, yeah. why do I want to be in that market? Again, not that SGA is some grizzled old veteran, but it's like, look, no. I, I want to win games, and OKC is not in that position right now.
1: No, not at all. But you know who might have some pieces for them or anybody else? Mm. The Pacers, if this uh well yeah we fast they, track this, they're, they're Miles they're rebuilding. Turner is already in the media Myles saying Turner, that he wants out, basically.
0: DeMontis Sabonis, Karis Levert, you know, those guys are all gonna be available because Indiana has to figure out what are what are we? Are we a Miles Turner based defensive team or are we a DeMontis Sabonis based team? Right and right now they see they can't do both. Miles Turner, again, for teams that are in the postseason that want a big stretch five who can protect the rim Mm -hmm. and space the floor and shoot threes, Miles Turner's perfect, right? What do do you get back in return? Everyone's saying he'd be a great fit in Golden State. Now, he'd be a great fit. The thing about Turner is, right, he's saying he wants a bigger role in the offense. Look, man, you go to Golden State, you ain't getting no big role in the offense. They're going to be like, hey, man, protect the rim, shoot, knock down this open three. That's it. We aren't no sets for you. You're not getting no touches. Like we're not. That's not what we're doing, right? But Sit that could down. Be his, that, that could be his best chance to win big time, right? And if you're Golden State, yeah. Do you what do you give up to get that? Because they're gonna want Kaminga, Moody, right? Wise man. You're, you're young pieces. But I think Golden State, where they are right now, I doubt they're active come trade deadline because right now they're at an eight hundred, uh, an eighty percent winning clip. They're the, among the best records in the NBA. They can, Joe Laker believes this team can win now as currently constructed when they get Klay Thompson back, and they could also keep their young guys and win into the future. So if you're a Golden State, why why move anybody? I'm we, We're good how we are. So we'll see.
1: I agree. I don't think they need to do much there. I mean, they're already... At- what the best in the west and okay. they don't have clay thompson right. and a couple other key assets there and then you have guys like steph curry and draymond green playing a lot of minutes and you know they got some miles on them so they look good right now i think they can push this i mean that championship experience that they have i oh, mean
0: you, there's no there's no metric unmatched. on that you, right you can't you can't put a in a series that gets tied 2-2 draymond steph and clay ain't going to be worried about nothing right? Because of that collective spirit they have of, we've been here a million times. We know what to do. People on the other side of the floor may not have that.
1: Very, very true. And that's a huge advantage. So we shall see again. um, We'll circle back and give you guys all the scoop on these teams. Let's talk about Sacramento a little bit because mm-hmm. looks like they made uh, Buddy Heald available mm-hmm. and, you know, don't sleep on him. I mean, career Career, three-point shooting. I mean, you know, he could be a really good asset somewhere. Again, just don't sleep. And uh, I I say that because interesting to see where he would go. I feel like he's got a lot to prove and Uh, show.
0: A a, a a 40% career three-point shooter is going to have value all across this league. And we already talked about Sacramento. And where are they and what are they? They are right now a half game outside of the plan. I know that Vivek Ranadive, the owner... And uh, and McNair, the GM, they're gonna want to make the postseason or the play-in tournament. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know that in your current construction, you're you know you're gonna do much, right? What's the trade they can pull off? Is it the Ben Simmons deal? Do they move Healed for someone else who can help, right? And can Buddy Healed if he goes to a different organization? Because look, we talk about the Kings all the time; they're a dumpster fire, right? healed in a winning organization or an organization with a different kind of culture maybe a lot of his bad habits of gunning and all that stuff goes away he's able to fit his role and do what he's got to do i don't know time will tell but watch the kings i expect them to do to be to be uh be players uh during trade season
1: the kings wants a dumpster fire hopefully they can dig themselves <laughs> out of that because and uh and fox too well that's I the other mean, one right let's go going- I mean,
0: how, first of all, how good is De'Aaron Fox, right? The Kings are like, he's an untouchable. Like, you he that good? Right? And it's funny. He was
1: funny. once my rookie of the year
0: pick. <laughs> well, you're wrong on that one, um, right? <laughs> and the thing think about De'Aaron Fox, right? The way that De'Aaron Fox thinks of himself or the way that the Kings fans would hope that he is, is who John ja Morant already is right now, right? Like, and he ain't that. De'Aaron Fox is not John ja Morant, right? So... How much better can De'Aaron Fox be? I don't know. Do we see it in Sacramento? I don't know.
1: We saw some flashes, but again, like I'm a firm believer in this that your environment, I get these players that can lock in and do X, Y, Z. Yeah, they're they're one of a billion. Special players. For sure. But
0: everybody else is about environment. I
1: firmly believe it's about environment. It really is. It's about the coaching staff around you. Not to switch gears or leagues, but Aaron Rodgers randomly said something today, and I don't go by anything that Aaron Rodgers said. But he spoke (laughs) about, let's just clarify that one right there. Um, But he did speak about taking players when they're young and surrounding them with good staff and smart staff. That's important you know yeah so to that point i it's just your environment is very crucial that, that is key and, to
0: player development right yes yeah Your are lebron you james kevin Durant, those people are going to be who they are no matter where they are but right. everybody else right they it's about who develops me right and where do i go and how do i get the training i need to be the best version of myself and we I mean, look a lot of these organizations are just bad at that they're bad
1: Well, Gerard, honey, we've talked about this. All these people (laughs) in these front offices making these wild decisions. Crazy.
0: Crazy. Come on now.
1: All up in here. (laughs) All right. Speaking of what's wrong with these goddamn people, America's favorite segment, (laughs) What's Up With. Yes, guys, I'm going to stop explaining the rules every week because- as you know, it's getting really annoying. <laughs> but it's really just what's up with anything around the league. We go back and forth and we just rift about some shit because you gotta do it. Somebody's gotta call people out on their shit. <laughs> and Gerard, you take the floor, honey.
0: Jenna, this is the second week in a row. I'm being positive with what's up with. And we talked about stop this it. team already. What's up with the Cleveland Cavaliers? It's everything I said at the stop at the top of the show. This team is oh. excellent. I'm a remember at the beginning of the season, I said, I'm very curious to see. What an Evan Mobley, Jared Allen lineup looks like. I think you can play them together. Ooh, was I right? You sure can play them together. They're, they're they're dynamic, and again, Evan Mobley is already a net positive as a rookie. That is very hard. Rookies very rarely contribute to winning because this game is difficult. He is a net positive in when it comes to wins. Plus. 2.9, I want to say, an estimated plus-minus. Uh, that means per 100 possessions, his team is eight is better. At two points, almost three points per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. That's how good he is as a rookie. And you combine that with Jared Allen. Again, you know, we don't want threes and all this stuff. Jenna. You know, for me, if I'm constructing my ideal basketball team, it would be a team full of, essentially, how could I clone Kevin Durant five times, right? Because I want... Five people who are seven feet tall, who can pass, dribble, shoot, defend—all that. Yes, super producer Dexter. Of course I would. Of course I would like <laughs> that. But again, in a game where the rim is ten feet above the ground, you being tall still matters, and being tall and skilled—that's huge. And that's what you have with Mobley and Allen, right? Teams small, they don't have to freak out and pull the guys off the floor because they're worried about them getting switched on a small guy. They can switch, cool, no problems. And they're super tall and you got all that, all that length that's protecting the rim. I love it. So Cleveland, and again, shout out to JV Bickerstaff. You know, we talk about players improving. Coaches are allowed to improve too and get better. And uh, they're doing some, they're running really good stuff in Cleveland. They're a fun team to watch. So shout out to Cleveland Cavaliers.
1: I can't believe we're like talking like this. This is, it's beautiful. (laughs) They deserve it. Good for you, boys. Good for you. (laughs) Gotta love it out here in these streets. All right. I am going with um, a surprise team for Mm. me anyway. But you, they're on your list, of course. I'm talking about the Grizzlies because Mm. of a dominant win over the Sixers and they're staying hot. And this is with guys that are helping lead this team. Like, um, do you guys know a little guy named Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks? <laughs> yeah. When's the last time you, you said that, huh? <laughs> when's the last time you talked about them? So I'm just saying like these Grizzlies are hot. How well. long can it last? And again, beating teams like the Sixers, we're talking about teams that are, you know, at the top of the East here. and
0: Sixers, they beat the again, Lakers the other night. No, They're playing well.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I had to choose them because they upset me the other night. made me cry a
0: little <laughs> bit with my acres
1: out here. I mean, I, and I, I, then I, they come... I did
0: text you and said, you see my Grizzlies spanking your Lakers right now. Yeah, it's another <laughs> reason why I chose it. Gerard, I was going to bring it up. I was going to wait
1: for you to do that because I knew you would and you did. So here we are. Um, you know, I, I love it because remember, I, I feel like lately we're getting a lot of comments that we are, we're very, very good banter and we have very good banter and I just, it's just years of genuine, genuine bickering. All. That's all it is. It's genuine. This, it comes this, right from the heart.
0: This is true bickering we're having. No, no, look, you know, I love the Grizzlies. Triple J playing well. They're, they're, they're also guarding Jenna. When they started the season, they were playing poor defense like piss poor
1: the steals are up Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. they're guarding Mm -hmm. all right Mm -hmm. the defense is there and i mean again matching up against top stars Mm -hmm. like this i mean Mm -hmm. again what was it i think mb went out during the game um
0: last i I could be wrong during this win streak they've held teams to under 100 points uh 95.8 defensive efficiency per 100 possessions that is (laughs) that's elite defense so yeah no it look. We know they can get up and down and score and do different things. If they can guard a little bit, I, I said at the beginning of the season, what did I say? This team will be a playoff team, not a play-in team, play-off. They're sitting for or sitting fourth right now, so I'm liking what I'm seeing by the Grizzlies.
1: You did. You did. Me too. Um, but, yeah, had to choose your guys. Give uh, Triple J some love, frequent Friend of the podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just saying shameless plug go back in the archives mm-hmm. um top five top five let's move on Gerard
0: okay Our top
1: five teams is this gonna be a thing for us
0: yeah we're doing top five every week all right we'll go back and forth I'll, I'll go it. I'll go then you go and you go okay number five Brooklyn yeah. Nets look with all the craziness they have going on they're still 19 and 8 right they're still sixth in the league in adjusted net rating. Like they got the number 10 defense. I want to say in the NBA, uh, number seven, excuse me, just defensive rating. Like, look, then they got, of course, easy money sniper. So you, any team like you got, you got to still give them their props. So Brooklyn, Nets number five. Who's your five.
1: Ooh, and remind me, we we're not doing East and West. We're just doing everyone, right? It's
0: everyone. Yeah. It's Every. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just
1: making sure. Cause that would have really messed me up in here. <laughs> Oh man, this one's really hard, but I'm going to say, oh, my top five. you know what? I did have one, but I'm going to do a late swap because this is live people. Mm-hmm. This is live up in here. I'm going to go, I'm going to go straight up with, I'm going to go with the 76ers. Ooh, look at you. I
0: say you like that it?
1: because yeah. I'm liking the Sixers right now. Um, they're one spot above that plane, which makes me nervous. Uh, but again, early a little bit here. They're keeping up with, um, you know, the red-hot Wizards that are still hot up <laughs> here. But again, a lot of teams creeping in the East. It's such a pool. It's not even funny. But I'm going to go with the 76ers just because I really do give them a lot of props, even still with this this loss in Ben Simmons. I, it is a huge loss. As much as people hate the kid, it's a huge loss. Huge, huge loss and a lot to ask Tyrese Maxey to come and, you know, take that kind of place along with, you know, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, but yeah, I mean, good for them for switching this up and really dealing with this and kind of closing the door on that mess early. So it seems remember when that was bad on media day.
0: Oh Mm, my God. It was all right. Number four for me, Cleveland Cavaliers. We talked about them already. Uh, They're, they're excellent. I love Cleveland. So Cleveland's my number four team.
1: Yep. Same. I actually have them as four on my list too. We're so compatible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the top it. three, I imagine is going to be the same for, for us. Number three, you got the Utah jazz 19 and seven. They have the number two adjusted net rating in the league and their number one in adjusted offensive rating. You know, everybody likes to clown okay. Rudy Gobert and all that, but they are what they are, man. They're good. They're a good squad.
1: Oh, oh I thought you were saying um, what you thought. Okay. Um, my number three is the Clippers. Again, I'm Mm. a sucker for a team that is doubted still without Kawhi, obviously, um, Mm -hmm. that ACL and Paul George is keeping them afloat too. And I love the coaching under Ty Lue. I think they're showing out. I mean, they're in that number five spot in the West. And of course you got the three juggernauts at the top. So really it's them and the Grizzlies. So (laughs) again, you know, keeping afloat in the West there. And I like what I see out of them.
0: All right. Number two for me, Phoenix suns, 21 and five. I mean, the point God, they're doing all this again with, with Devin Booker, still out with the hamstring. Aiden's been in and out of the lineup, uh, but you know, they're still managing to win games and do what they got to do, maintaining and staying close to the warriors. So Phoenix suns two. Two, two.
1: Um, my second is obviously, the Warriors, and <laughs> it's annoying. It's really annoying. I mean, it, it's obvious. I mean, what else do you want me to say?
0: The <laughs> Warriors are great. The Warriors are great.
1: <laughs> do we go into a time machine? Like once Clay gets back, it's really gonna mess me up, man.
0: Well, that's the thing, like, right? Clay, I'm gonna Clay need comes to, back. Like... Clay comes back. What are they, right? Are they are are they like? And he's eighty percent of himself. Is it like we're back to two thousand sixteen again? Who knows. And of course, my number one team is the Warriors, right? I mean, I just said it—that you all things we need to say about them. They're excellent. Steph Curry is playing like an MVP. He's gonna have the all-time three-point record in a matter of seconds if he doesn't have it already right now. And oop, and our super producer Dex just dropped this in the chat: Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks, is in the health and safety protocols. Look, like, man, it, Stop this is, it. This is all, all bad right now. All bad. Uh, Jenna, you're number one before we get to the Bucks on an important news item.
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, My number one is the Nets. I mean, obviously,
0: Ooh, for Nets, obvious reasons. Brooklyn Nets. Damn Brooklyn Nets. Nets. You still like those Brooklyn I'm sorry. Nets, huh? Of, sorry, fa- fa- Nick. Fa- fa- fan of that Easy Money Sniper guy. He's pretty good at basketball. He's pretty good. <laughs> it's so
1: annoying. It's so annoying. I mean,
0: is but just it's not so but, but, but if, but if at you're but if you're a KD fan it's not annoying it's great actually. <laughs> it's it's wonderful.
1: <laughs> it's true. Can't even hate. I mean, listen, really quick before we do move on to this very important news because I have to say because Kevin Durant was on Twitter this week. <laughs> and it was so good. I don't I don't know the context of the tweet, but there was some reporter that like, you know, tried to like be funny and like, you know, joke about him whatever. And he sent a gif of um it was some popular cartoon character that we all know. Nobody's going to laugh at me once we see that it. It's probably SpongeBob, and I can't even think of it. But, and it was like, the paper said, take this L. And he just, like, <laughs> gave it to her, because he obviously <laughs> probably, like, dropped, like, 50, you know. <laughs> um, so, it, it, he just continues to keep trolling people. He also liked to tweet, too, that uh, P, uh, Warriors fans were so annoying because they can't let go of the situation. It's
0: over. what?
1: It's It's over. Drama. It's over. Man, fans are so um, Exactly. Let's move on to this last piece of news here because it's super important. As our producer, Dexter, just told us here of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check it out, guys. Giannis Anadokounmpo has entered health and safety protocols according to Woj. This is also another hit to the Bucks because Chris Middleton suffered that hyperextended left knee late in the third quarter of Milwaukee's loss to the Celtics. Yikes. Um, at TD Garden, not nice to lose there ever, and especially with the state of that team. But let's talk about um, – Chris Middleton here, since this Giannis news just came in, we don't have a lot of details, of course, about that.
0: So, yeah, Chris Middleton. Hopefully the Middleton injury is not too serious for the Bucs because they're starting to get on a little bit of a roll here. hyper Hyper extension. And look, again, Chris Middleton played a lot of basketball over the last two seasons. A lot, a lot, a lot, right? And, you know, hopefully this is nothing for him. And now with Giannis and health and safety protocols, with both of them being out for at least a game, who knows what that what that's going to mean for the for the Bucks, right? It's going to be really tough for them, and we're going to start to see different things happen now during the season with COVID, with injuries. Teams are going to teams that can find a way to bank some wins and gain some separation, like the Warriors and Suns right now. They have some nice separation at the top of the Western Conference, right? Yeah, and they haven't had any real injuries to speak of. I mean, I did mention um booker with the with with the hammy um and you know what I, I did a, oh steph curry already set the three-point record congrats Curry. Uh, um <laughs> we knew we knew that was happening we'll, we'll, we'll go back and we'll watch that uh watch that replay a little bit later but yeah and the warriors have been lucky right they're, they're getting clay back from injury they haven't suffered anything major so if you can and they haven't had to deal with COVID issues if you can bank some wins and get some separation between now and the All-Star break, I think that's going to be huge, huge for a lot of teams.
1: Huge is right. Yeah, I just got that Curry notification. Oh, wow. The Garden must be rocking
0: right <laughs> now.
1: Um, but yeah, guys, a lot of news is going to be pouring in. We got the Christmas Day games coming up for you guys. Yeah, we'll so next week, Jenna, we'll do this. that.
0: We'll Next week will be our final episode of the season, or excuse me, of the calendar year, pardon me, of 2021. Yes. And we will do our annual Christmas Day game prediction show. I think I'm like undefeated. Every year I've beaten you in the Christmas Day predictions. So we'll continue. I'm just, I don't even know if that's true. I'm just in it
1: my up. world, I'm undefeated. <laughs> it's
0: so weird. But we'll, but that's what we'll do next week. And uh, as always, folks, you know where to find us. We are part of the Props Network. Make sure you guys get on the Props Network. You can catch up with the NBA Exchange by Dexter Henry, who's cruising for us today, who's also the co-host of the 8 Hard to mm-hmm. Tell podcast, which is also on the Props Network. Of course, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, all that, at 7 Footers Pod on Twitter, at 7 Footers Podcast on Instagram, of course, at J.S. Hector, at Jen Lemon and until next week, peace. <laughs> Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we may come true Applied to some jobs but I ain't here back I don't wanna trap, what's a man gon' do Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10 came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene, yeah we pull up on the scene See my life is a movie pull